0: Today on The Topping Show, Vivek on Stopping TV ads goes viral on X. Pizza franchise to lay off thousands of employees due to a California law increasing the minimum wage from $4 an hour to $20 an hour. EV startups are starting to run out of capital. Zulily is shutting down. Bud Light and Budweiser Christmas trees both fall flatter than their beer. Wayfair CEO is roasted for saying that employees need to work hard. And Chevy Blaze EV sales are paused due to a software error. All of that and much is more on The Topping Show. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice today. Got say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, you see, that's a joke. If you're an IT leader or a business owner, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also, trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of December. So click that button, I greatly appreciate it. Now, going over to the business part of the podcast, you have EV startups starting to run out of charge, pun moderately intended. Now, it shouldn't be too surprising when you look at the EV category and the EV industry and all the startups. We've had three fail thus far. You've had Lordstown Motors. They went defunct earlier in 2023. That was an instance in where you had a John Motors factory in Lordstown, Ohio, which A-plus for marketing. They need to actually have a good name for a company name. They actually were going to close that down. They believe it previously made the Chevy Cruze Eco, which the best ones came a stick shift, obviously. But <coughs> excuse me, you yeah, had an instance where instead of shutting down the factory, they sold off the factory. john Motors sold off to a startup, and they're going to build an EV truck there. Now, due to a myriad of complexities and issues, that company went bankrupt. You also had Brotera, as well as where's the last one? Electric Mas- Last Mile Solutions. They've all gunned belly up, or perhaps better metaphor might be lithium-ion charge fires. And when you look at the competition, they're starting to run out of capital. And if we pull up some of their stock prices, kind of look at the, you know, one year trends. Let's pull them up really quick. So loose is probably the best known luxury one. <coughs> I use luxuries in brackets because personally, I have never buy, I'd never consider something disposable to be luxury. One of the reasons why Rolex is timeless, pun moderately intended, is because it's handmade. One of the few items you can actually purchase in life where all the components are actually engineered and manufactured in house. And those things will last quite literally generations. You can hand it down to your children, to your children's children's. I mean, Rolex Submariner is timeless. And yes, it, ironically enough, it's actually less accurate than this free garment my friend gave me a couple years back. But it's a piece of mechanical engineering. It's pretty neat in and of itself. I think that, as well as it being a status symbol, <coughs> excuse me, that's a luxury timepiece. I mean, that's actually a luxury makes. that might be worth buying. Lucid is an EV. And by its very nature, again, I have a little caveat every time we talk about EVs, we might have some fascinating, great magical technology tomorrow that make them not disposable pieces of garbage. But, right now, they're all gonna just crash and burn eventually. You look at old ma- Japanese cars, they last 400, 500,000 miles. A million miles! All cars that hit a million miles are usually Toyotas or Hondas, and they're all powertrained. Their powertrain is always an internal combustion engine. Preferably with a stick shift, so they get a little bit of fun and actually smile while are driving. Now, nevertheless, some people do prefer luxury items that are disposable. Lucid, I believe, starts from $90,000 to, to like $250,000 for an electric vehicle sedan, which, again, some people do enjoy. Not enough you have to make the company profitable since they lost about, at $425,000 per vehicle last fiscal quarter. So they not doing great in that regard. Now, again, so Lucid Motors, their one-year trend, their stock is down 30.24%. <laughs> That's not great. They're currently trading for $4.32 per share. Now, let's pull up another more popular company, Rivian. They they did achieve a good business market in terms of they actually have product on the streets. So, that is a big hump to overcome in the manufacturing industry. And a lot of EV companies, truth be told, they crash and burn before they even get to production scale. Now, Rivian, they're at $23.63 per share. In the past year to date, they're actually up $36. 0.33% since I, in the past year to date. In the past year, they're up 33.26%. And we look at other companies, we'll take a look at one more, let's see, I think they're at a dollar, what's Fisker up to, or down to more appropriately? Fisker. Now, ironically enough, I actually do know someone, who actually anecdotally speaking, I only know one person who bought a Fisker, and they actually did recently, one of my friends got the Fisker, I forgot what they call them, because their names aren't that inspiring or good at marketing for me to remember it, but they got the little electric SUV, now granted Fisker doesn't make it, they design it in a third party. Is it Magnus? There's actually a third party. They make vehicles for several automotive companies. I think it as white labeling for vehicles. Truth be told, you don't, you don't just white label coffee these days, a phenomenon in which you have a company manufacture a product for someone else's specifications. Now Fisker's at $1.46 per share. And what's their past year to date? Easily, So they're down negative 78.48%. Now other companies like Tesla, they made, they started making profits a couple fiscal years ago. They're pretty solid in that regard. But the EV startups, they're, some of the cracks are starting to expose. So this comes to us thanks to Emma Thorne over on LinkedIn. And they note that, let's see here. The Wall Street Journal analyst, at least 18 EV and battery startups that went public since 2020 and 2022 are on track to run out of money by the end of next year at least and then they also know at least three companies, Lordstown Motors, Proterra, Electric Glass mile Solutions, have found a bankruptcy. The huge obstacles being manufacturing problems and rising cost. And that's not the only issues. It takes them a couple of sentences to get into the other substance where they note that demand for EVs also isn't huge as many companies originally expected. No shit, Sherlock, pardon the French. But some of us don't like disposable products, which is why, personally, I love behind a little stick shift with this, you know, little Civic SI, it's got stick shift, also known as man transmission, the most fun you'll ever have, bar none, driving a vehicle. Yeah, demand is not really there. The adoption rate is slowing down dramatically. The biggest category right now where Americans are starting to be more interested in is hybrid technologies. That's where Toyota, again, read the room properly. The, Toyota invested, I believe, $8.8 billion into hybrid technologies, and that's where they called it. That's where there's going to be future for many consumers. Granted to be my fan? No, because, again, you're introducing more technologies, more complexities, A big lithium-ion battery that'll be defunct, also known as it'll go bad, make the whole vehicle basically worthless or darn near. So, no, personally, I'm not a fan, but I also believe, hey, if the consumer wants that, give them the option. I just don't like how the government is outlawing ICE engines, also known as internal combustion engines, and take away that choice for so many consumers. Now, they know that a lot of these companies are running on cash. I know earlier this year, Lucid stock crashed. In part because they had to raise more capital same thing with rivian where rivian said they needed to raise probably 1.2 more billion dollars in capital and they had convertible notes issued so these companies are really starting to run out of capital and 2024 again politics aside who the heck you're voting for at the end of the day political uncertainty is a huge driver in the business community and even for consumers as well there's a lot of people not knowing well, is, my, is my business category going to be regulated out of existence or are there going to be maybe some deregulation in my industry that might actually bolster some innovation and actually increase the market value and market opportunity for our industry category. There's a lot of uncertainties. Then you have also, you know, inflation hurting everyone. It's 40 year high. Hyperinflation is getting ridiculous in the United States. And a lot of people are barely making their bills these days. Do they really want to go out and spend tens and t- tens, 50, 100, $200,000 on a disposable car? And granted, my parents still drive a 2001 Honda Accord that they bought new. It still runs. Because Honda's that awesome at making an internal combustion engine. It'll be interesting and sad to see. I think the brand will be chiseled away in terms of reliability. Subsequently because of a couple recalls as well as pushing hybrid technologies with hybrids being inherently less reliable. But at the end of the day, and again, maybe, maybe I'm not reading the room right. I guess, pun moderately intended, since I'm in an office, so it's my office is or temporary room. But it's an instance where I can't help but think, are these companies going to be acquired? Are they just going to crash and burn? I mean, are you planning on buying a vehicle in 2024? I mean, Lord knows I'm not. Most people I know, anecdotally speaking, they're all trying to conserve every penny they can and trying to pinch every penny. They're trying to make their vehicles last longer, which, thankfully, many of them were prudent enough to buy a truck bushed engine set as a possibility. So it'll be interesting to see, again, you have the government, a lot of these, another issue with the EV community, that they don't bring out this in this article, some of these companies are running out of subsidies. So one of the big reasons is, reasons that consumers are buying these vehicles, so they're getting, a, I think it was a $7,500 tax credit. And without that, it's even less incentive to buy these disposable vehicles. So, and again, I keep saying disposable, that's the technology we currently have. Tech moves very quickly, we may very well have new material, new process, that comes out to make these vehicles long-term, it's not really investment because they go down in value, but a long-term stable asset where, again, it could potentially last 20, 30, 40 years. I I can't fathom what it would be, but again, engineers make phenomenal things, so it very well may happen. But again, we're, we're talking about the theoretical, I'm talking about the materials and the vehicles and the solutions that we have here and now. So it'll be will be see, let me know in the comments, are you planning on actually buying a vehicle in 2024? Do you think these companies are just gonna go belly up with ever increased competition with again, because you have legacy automotive manufacturers, they're going into EVs as well. So it's one of those things where again the startups, there's that allure of, oh yeah, they have the first to market in some cases. I think the Rivian was the first major producer of EV pickups. Correct, I know General Motors made the electric pickup in the nineties for a prototype. But let me know the comments, that's another big threat to their what used to be a competitive business advantage. You have legacy automotive companies catching up. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes from there. Other interesting business uses you have Zulily shutting down. And fascinatingly enough, I usually give companies, oh, if I never heard of companies, sometimes I'll joke and say they deserve an F minus for marketing. In this case, they probably did money well spent because again, I'm not their target audience for their particular offering. So it looks like Zulu is, or Zulily, Z-U-L-I-L-Y. Meh, I don't want to say, it. I, I just, maybe a caveat, a D- for marketing, because they have the word Lily in their name, they don't even use that in their logo, I feel like that's a missed opportunity, but nevertheless, now, they are an online retailer in Zulily, they notice they're a sale-based website-based um, e-commerce company, and what, is it? what do they do, uh, where are they? So it looks like they founded it in 2010. They specialized in women's and children's apparel and home decor. So clearly, I'm definitely not their target audience. As you know me, I buy one suit and make it last darn near forever. Truth be told, I think i purchased two. If you don't count the Christmas one that I got for dirt cheap. And then in terms of furniture, I mean... If you're watching the show, you're seeing the table I made in front of me. It took me a little while, but I made that from scratch. So truth be told, I'm definitely not the target customer for this particular business. And... They noted that they will, quote, wind down their business and entering in an assignment for the benefit of creditors rather than declare bankruptcy after facing a tumultuous year. Zillily told their companies that it will attempt to fill all remaining orders within the next two weeks, and those that cannot be filled will be refunded. So that, I was going to say, in terms of long-term business reputation and doing the best you can for your consumer... That will probably earn some favor in terms of the founders. Hopefully, people will remember that they're trying to do the right thing and make sure everyone gets the products that they previously paid for. So, I think that'll buy a lot of goodwill towards the CEO if he or she decides to found a new company. Now, they also know that Zulu's Lear had been marked by several rounds of layoffs and the departure of the CEO Terry Boyle in October after the company was purchased in May by private equity firm Regent. Let's see here. I perhaps the only remarkable thing or interesting thing that I was surprised that, I was surprised they weren't actually purchased by another retail online clothing company. Because that category is actually increasing pretty heavily, especially you have companies in uh, in uh, over in Asia. I believe Timu is a very popular one and Shimu. And then I think there's another one I can't pronounce. But those are two of the fastest e-commerce companies in Asia with both of them having a lot of options for fashion. I'm just really surprised. And then, of course, Amazon's trying to compete with those as well. So Amazon's actually decreasing their fees for clothing sellers to try to make Amazon more attractive in that regard for that product. So I'm actually a little surprised no one swooped in and actually bought this company. And again, maybe after liquidation, they'll buy the remaining intellectual property. At least the customer data has got to be worth something. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to the company long term. But unfortunately, it looks like that company is no longer with us. Now, going over to the culture part of the podcast, you have Bud Light Christmas Tweet gets a measly 67 likes, which is almost unfathomably bad. Not to brag, but a couple months ago, I did get a video with 73 likes, I think, probably. And if you can click that like button right now, I'd really appreciate it. I mean, statistically speaking, it won't get more likes than Bud Light. However, a wise pilot once told me, never tell me the odds. So, you never know. <laughs> Excuse me and in terms of the data again we're not taking these numbers like two minutes after they posted this on x or as few, few fewer people are calling it on twitter i waited a couple of days to gather these data points so this data points were taken within let me look the notes here this was taken within 48 hours after they posted so literally a couple days so presumably everyone who i was about to say who enjoy, enjoys broadlight more accurately people who follow them on the x have had time to see it and there's a little Let's see here. They literally said, wow, not much. They even do a picture. All right. Nevertheless, Bud Light tweeted or posted, quote, unwrapping our first beer for a full day of football, unquote. That got 13,200 views and 67 likes, which is almost statistically bad and probably bad. Like it's that's really rough. And again, I can't help but think of a sadder Christmas day than, again, opening up a present and seeing you got Bud Light. I mean, again, I joked, I said maybe perhaps it'd be a good white elephant gift, or instead of giving someone coal, again, if they're over age 21, you could give them a case of Bud Light. I mean, you'd have to be pretty bad during the whole year to get someone a case of Bud Light for Christmas. I mean, especially because you have all those coupons and rebates where it's quite literally cheaper to buy Bud Light than water in many cases. I can't think of a bigger middle finger to a relative or someone who'd been naughty all year long than giving them a case of Bud Light. I mean, well, I can't even think, unless they're an alcoholic, I can't think or fathom what they would do if they were to get a case of Bud Light. I mean, if I were presumably so bad throughout the whole year that someone actually gave me a case of Bud Light for Christmas, I'd, be, I'd probably be so offended I, I actually would have to take some mental inventory and do some self-thought be like, Oh dear God, what do I need to do to improve myself? I mean, my actions throughout the year to ensure this does not happen again. Now, thankfully, I was that I wasn't that bad. I didn't actually get any Bud Light for Christmas, thankfully. But if I did, I mean, what would I do if I got it? I mean, obviously, I'm not going to drink it. I have more than 18 taste buds left in my tongue. I, I guess it does. I, I guess there's always a med- little remedial value in the aluminum bottles or the aluminum cans. But what would I do if I were to win a case of Bud Light? It's like multi. It's a fascinating question. Hmm. I thought, well, perhaps there are some people who, there are some people and farmers who historically use scarecrows to put on their, to protect their crops and scare away all the pests that would actually eat the corn, all of those types of things. So in theory, I suppose you could take a case of Bud Light and put it on your porch and presumably, no one would ever steal your Amazon packages or anything like that, because they, they'd probably be so scared of, oh, dear God, what, what kind of person is inside this building? What would they do to me if they caught me stealing? Where would they put those bottles if they caught me? I i couldn't fathom what would happen. And the downside is, you'd also probably scare out all of your family and friends They would no longer visit you, they'd go to your house to see, oh, well, well, what's on Johnny's porch? A case of Bud Light? You know what? Let's let's tell Johnny we had a, a dental appointment pop up. Well, we'll come back another time. It, 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 something's going down. Something's going down in that house. We don't want anything a part of. So perhaps as the fourteenth legitimate thing we thought of on the show of what would we do if you won a case or got a case of Bud Light for Christmas? But nevertheless, go to the comments section. Let's see. Maybe I'm off. Maybe all the comments are overwhelmingly happy that they got Bud Light for Christmas or that Bud Light is insinuating that unwrapping a case of Bud Light would be a good thing. Just so dive in the comments to find out. Well, the first one comes from Tom Ferry, and he says, quote, a reminder that if you drink Bud Light, you support them sponsoring trannies and mocking the customer base. Boycott's still on, unquote. And in all caps, that last part, that got 24 likes, which is thus far the most popular one. Ta... Camis says, quote, Hilarious, Yaz Grammar be damned. I will read it exactly as this person wrote. Again, quote, Hilarious, Yaz Reported to sports and athletes of masculinity to try to restore your brand. Ha 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 ha. Oh, what a world, unquote. I got 15 likes. And yes, it is somewhat hilariously ironic that you have the former marketing VP, Listed hire who should be written down in business books for decades, perhaps even centuries, for destroying a brand. They went from having, I mean, traditionally they were fratty, masculine, sports balls, music events. They were always there, pride events. And then they had the campaign with Dylan Mulvaney, who made $185,000 of two pictures and a video, I think, which I can't fathom making so much for doing so little. But nevertheless, now they're going back to that. I'm not too surprised. That gave you, that statement got 15 likes. I I don't believe it. There looks, there appears to be a positive statement. Now we'll look at the profile and see if this is a real person. Or perhaps it's the VP or someone at Bud Light. But nevertheless, someone by the name of Sigma Bartholomew says, quote, Nothing feels better than cracking open a can of Bud Light today, unquote. I'm not saying this person needs to hug but that that got six likes let's look at this profile like again it's it's just so sad like if that's a highlighter of a christmas is opening up a can of bud light i i'm picturing a sad single man in a like a sad single man apartment with like a can of beans not warmed up mind you on christmas morning just opening up the can perhaps perhaps maybe a pet goldfish accompanying him i mean i I can't find anyone being happy doing that. <clears throat> so, again, going to Sigmund Bartholomew's profile. Let's see. This person says in their profile description edits sometimes, rogue urchin? Not a troll. Block equals my only child? What? This person joined in 2010, so it's not a new profile, they didn't just jump up overnight. And they do have 791 followers. Now, not to brag or anything, but I do have. 230 followers on my personal LinkedIn at hashtag NICTOPPING. Though I would always argue quality over quantity, obviously, it's the best way to go. And scrolling through his profile, let's see what other posts he has. A lot of reposting of random stuff, commercials popping up in his timeline, which I thought commercials go away if you paid for premium, nevertheless. Eh, looks like, eh, he's, not, he's not shilling for every Bud Light or Bud Light for the free stuff, so... I, an original real person. I, I'm pretty shocked. Sigma Bartholomew actually gave me accolades to Bud Light. Although, in disclaimer, he may just be a very sad alcoholic. I, I Again, I can't fathom that being a highlight of the day. I mean, of all the things to do on Christmas Day, I mean... I Again, I can't fathom that. It's... I'd almost compare it to like if you're a child opening up a gift and saying you got socks. But even socks are a durable moderately durable product. They use again and again again and there's some value there. And ironically, the older you get, the more you actually appreciate those types of things. But nevertheless, the Bud Light, that's just that's never a good thing. It's like you grow into it. If anything, you grow out of it. Now let's go see what other comments we have. Scott TM simply says hashtag stand with Riley Gaines. It's a picture of Riley Gaines. I got one like bluegrass barbie b-word says quote love the peyton manning commercial he orders two bud lights then realizes they're almost free gets a whole round for the bar unquote, getting one like tony businio says quote how did you turn peyton gay unquote and i got seven likes james james says quote lost all respect for peyton manning he will do anything for a buck unquote. they got five likes now, Chris Keggy says, quote, a Christmas tradition like no other, Bud Light on Christmas Day and football. He did get any likes. Can't but wonder. Let me look at his profile. Chris Kegley. Which, again, is that a tradition I don't know about? That, some, that somehow eluded me all those years? Having a Bud Light on Christmas Day. Like, if you're going to have any alcohol to inebriate yourselves, I would assume it would be something more like a, what was it? I mean, more like the eggnog. That's kind of cliche. I mean, anecdotally speaking, I know my parents would make Nantucket Sleigh Ride. What else? There's a couple alcohol-based gin drinks from Cuba that they'll make. But, yeah, is that something you look forward to? Is it just me? But, nevertheless, let's look at this uh, Mr. Chris Kegley's profile. Drawing mm. 2021 has 82 followers. Let's see here. And... Eh, does a lot of shout outs to movies and TV shows, or you know, talking about Shark atta- What was it? Shark Week. So I guess it, I mean, yeah, it looks like a real profile. I'll be damned. Two original responses thus far. Someone by the name of Da Bad As simply replied with a GIF, or as you youth might say, a GIF, where you have the Team America GIF, where you have the main. I was going to say, not actor, the puppet of the show, throwing up. That got three likes. Trayvon Williams says, quote, do not support this sick S word. They don't give a damn about American values or your children. Unquote. They got six likes. Although in terms of, what was it? The disclaimer they put on Twitter for like more context or whatever, you could debate. They very much care about your children, but perhaps not in the appropriate way. little disclaimer there. They technically care. No, I would say not in a way that is appropriate. Let's just say that much. Let's see. Dave Hayes replied saying, quote, must have paid Peyton Manning a metric F-ton. Unquote. Getting six likes. And, yeah, I can't... They paid Dylan Mulvaney $185,000. And this campaign's probably $400,000, $500,000 plus. Because this is multiple print ads or know, pictures as well as full video where you have Peyton uh, Manning brother he's actually in the bar throwing Bud Light cans around which again if you were to do that would shake it up to the point where if you open it it would explode but nevertheless it's not real it's just a commercial uh let's see going back to the comments estimated pieces quote I will never buy another Bud Light I'm quoting four likes let's see Trayvon Williams again replies, "Sick people in this company. Boycott until they apologize." And he actually included a picture of Dill Mulvaney in the Audrey Hepburn style hair. What do you call this? The the elbow length gloves, which I don't even know where you buy those, as well as the dress and the little necklaces, and of course Dill Mulvaney holding the can of Bud Light. It got six likes, and that's. Not tired of winning, says, quote, hashtag Bud Light puts estrogen into their piss water, unquote. I'm not sure if that's a real fact. I'm, I mean, probably not. And they replied with a meme as well, saying never underestimate what a case of Bud Light can do. It looks like a Photoshop of... what well, some people are trending as Mike Obama and then Michelle Obama with the side-by-side. They got seven likes on X. Then we have a big disclaimer that says... Show additional replies, including those that make a tave as offensive content. Do we dare? Of course, Let's click that button, which actually in terms of a like Twitter and X improvement, if my profile says, you know, if I click it once, there should be a way, maybe there is, I mean, dive in later. If you just click it once, it should be, by default, show me all that. Give me all the data. Let's see. Simba the sailor says, quote, if I'm in a party and all they have is Bud Light, I would contemplate drinking I would contemplate drinking water from the toilet, or at least the garden hose like we used to. I always wondered why the cans weren't blue. It's progressive beer, unquote. They got two likes. It looks like they included a gif of spraying a hose so a dog can drink it. Nah. I oh, know, yeah, they got two likes. I mean... It wasn't too bombastic or anything. I don't know why. Not really sure why that was censored, but or pseudo-censored. Or you had to click that extra button. So it'd be interesting to see in terms of the Christmas New year, Christmas Eve. I'm sure all Bud Light wanted for Christmas was to redeem their sales. They did not get that for Christmas, and I don't think they will next year. But who knows? Maybe it will. I mean, statistically, the odds are against them. But who knows? Maybe. Probably not. But we'll see. Other interesting cultural news, you have Budweiser, Christmas tweet gets a mere 30 likes and 4 comments. Which, not to lie, but my last video, you know, one of my videos last week got 5 comments. Pretty viral, as the youth might say. Some might say. Now, this is also another marketing fail from Budweiser, specifically their X account. And, again, they fail in many regards. We'll go through each one of them completely. Now, they have text, and the text before their picture says, quote, Today, service members will be missing a taste of home more than ever. Send them a rebate for a six-pack of Bud on Us. We'll also donate to Folds of Honor as part of our long-standing commitment. Click the link to get started. Parentheses, 21 plus. And then they have a picture, and the picture is the old wooden crate of an Bush. And the text on the picture says, quote, Give a taste of home. Every nomination includes a donation to Folds of Honor. And again, that that got 4,878 views and only 30 likes, which is also known as nothing, especially for, again, a huge multinational, huge multi-billion dollar brand. And again, in terms of the marketing fail, it looks like they do have an outline of a Christmas tree. So there's some redeeming factor, but they're leaving out all the most iconic things about the brand. A.K.A. those silly little horses. I mean, those Clyde ho- Clydesdale horses were part of the brand for decades. It took years to build that brand up. And everyone loved them. Now, subsequently, I think a couple of the folks at PETA started to cry about it. So perhaps that's why they're not showing it as much. But, again, it's PETA. Who cares? I guess... Which, again, perhaps shows how spineless they are. They can't tell that organization of those people be like, We're giving these horses jobs. These horses actually have... A better standard of living than most americans when you look at the stables and all the healthcare the horses get ridiculous and again in terms of emotional rhetoric they're using a veteran-based company which again it is good marketing and it again that used to be one of their strong marketing things was they would sponsor sports balls games music festivals and veterans i mean they used to be very they used to be very popular in those communities but let's child and her brilliant uh Brilliant plans for marketing. Obviously, that's. I, I. mean, could I be any more sarcastic? As a uh, Chandler Bing might say, but they alienated the audience so bad they literally lost thirty percent of their sales for the Bud Light brand. About twelve, eleven half, twelve percent for the Budweiser brand, and about three. Excuse me, <coughs> three to four percent of the Michelob Ultra brand. With the other forty plus brands in the Anheuser Busch InBev portfolio, being marginally affected, really not to more than a percent point or two. So again, it is interesting that, I mean, Budweiser made all the choices. He oh yeah, we're going to, I mean, the Fools of Honor, that's a good organization. I don't have any first-hand experience to, experiences with them yet. But again, they've. that's been a long-term partner of theirs. Even that's not helping reestablish the Bud Light, Budweiser brand for this, specifically being a Budweiser tweet. Again, there's no snow in the picture. A little disappointing. There's... And it would've been better to put their logo on a Christmas ornament and have that ornament hanging off the tree that the box is under, again, I feel like that's another missed opportunity. So even controversy aside from the business one of the century, themselves shooting themselves in the high heeled boot, perhaps worse than Ron DeSantis. I mean, even that aside, just the advertising behind this, isn't that strong or compelling? And really they click the link to get started. <laughs> Excuse me, and it's really not even it's really not even appealing that much for average people. In terms of humans, again, perhaps I'm a little bit of a pessimist, I think many humans are inherently selfish and there's a I forget the philosophy of the theory, that is there's a theory that we must over, you must actively try to overcome that inherited urge. I forget the actual vernacular, but in terms of making this a more compelling advertisement, again, Bud Light, for the past six, seven months, Bud Light and Budweiser, they've had these rebates where you can get these free cases of beer. In some cases, it was cheaper than water. Now, some might debate that there's so little alcohol in it, it basically is piss water, but nevertheless, it's, well, you also say it's actually more detrimental to their health than water, even, you know, Flint, Michigan, lead water, but nevertheless, I mean, if you want to make this more compelling, again, not just make, make it a. I'm trying to think of an appropriate term, but, or more fancier term, but nevertheless, to make this ad more compelling, you could easily, I would argue, double or triple the effectiveness of it saying, hey, if you if you click here to get started we'll give you a free case of Budweiser and the veteran I mean, right now and again I business donations to nonprofits and uh, for charities is a very precarious thing yes it is a tax deduction which a lot of people will ridicule them saying hey it's just it's a marketing expense it is but it's also real money that they had to generate to spend I would argue and <clears throat> excuse me and it, I would argue, still is charitable in many ways because, again, you still have to generate the money to spend and you are selecting a cause that you believe in. So, I know that's a debate in and of itself, which is the economics and the politics of charitable um, when businesses work with charities. But to make this more compelling, and again, it would also increase their marketing appeal, and make it so that everyone gets a free case. Because right now, some people may interpret this as saying, well, we're just helping you increase the tax, you know, write-off for your business, decreasing the amount of taxable income you make every year. So some people might argue that, and if the people don't authentically believe that these companies are really, they really care about these nonprofits, the more likely they are to be accused of this. Now they're saying it's a long-term partnership, so maybe that will help offset that criticism. And again, perhaps I'm overanalyzing. Granted, only let. Less than 5,000 people saw this, so there's a very not 0% chance that I am the only person looking this much into this little advertisement. Truth be told, i probably talked about this more than anyone who actually worked at Budweiser. But let's go into the... There's only a couple of comments, so it actually won't take us too long to actually read through all of them. But let's dive into the comments and see what the other critique is, other feedback might be. So Folds of Honor simply responded with three emojis to the American flag. And that got zero likes, not, not even a like from, <laughs> again, who, I don't know how, perhaps they are inebriated because they're drinking the product. But if you're a marketing manager, or you're a marketing admin or whoever the hell you are at Budweiser, if you're working this, I'm sure they have at least one or two people whose full-time job is dedicated to social media. I'm sure that at least one of them is full-time dedicated to X. Their job is to post, maintain, build relationships on social media. So either they're inept or they're not working. But why didn't they respond two folds of honor? At the very least, they could have just liked it. But a more prudent thing would be to, re- you know, like and respond, saying, you know, thanks so much for teaming up with us. We give us the quantified results you've done as a business who you know helped this profit. Say like in, 2000, in 2023, we donated. I'm, I'm making up numbers here. 1,253 cases of cases of Budweiser to veterans, something to that effect, to also quantify the results of what you've done together as a team this fiscal year but again they didn't do that at all they did they didn't even like it and truth be told only 28 people saw the full of honor comment so again they could be making this much more effective by interacting with them that's why again i apologize if it takes me a day or two because i have a couple day jobs but it's in a sense where i always try to get back and respond to all the comments on my videos it might take a little while and heck truth be told i might always might always agree with all the comments but I always take time to try to read them, acknowledge them, thank them for taking the time to contribute to the show. And truly to told, there's a lot of criticism, there's a lot of material to work with, like my speaking ineptitudes. And if you click the subscribe button, it may help with my enunciation, and my decreasing the rate of speech. I know, thanks to the comments, I know those are things I want to work on. And yet, they didn't even take time to respond to this. So I, again, I don't know who's... Perhaps they are inebriated drinking the last remaining bottles of Bud Light at the office. But let's go to the other comments. There's only a couple more to get through with. Let's see. Alu Mantras says... Uh, excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. Says, quote, Hi, I'm from India. Uttar Uthak- Uh Today I purchased a beer more than MRP. I don't know what that means. That got no likes. Only eight people saw it. However, ironically enough, more people are probably hearing this show, debatably, than people who saw that one tweet. Got a couple more. Literally a couple more. Drood... And I vote says, quote, your Super Bowl commercials, you need to negotiate because the dispute between Tenga and TV should mean a decreased fee, or decreased fee because of lower viewership. Right. An interesting comment. I mean, again, because of the unprecedented value of the Super Bowl, so many Americans tune in, though I think actually less are tuning in these days. But I don't think you'll really see rates go down for Super Bowl commercials unless this person is a shareholder. I'm not sure why they care. I a little unusual comment. Only one more. <laughs> Apologies. Sato Shidan said, quote, Merry Christmas. Thanks for the bottle speaker taking over. Hashtag USA. And as a person holding a bottle of Budweiser. Which, no one liked that comment, though it does exist. So let's look at the Sato Shizan's profile really quick. I'm curious if it's a real person. So they joined in 2023, so a little bit of a newer, May specifically. They have 18 followers. And they look like they are mentally vacuous, just wanting free stuff. So more than half of their posts on X are just saying... Repost so you could win some crappy gift card or something to that effect. So I would argue, I don't know how original this person is, if they're just hoping Bud Light, Budweiser will curse them with more bottles of Budweiser. That actually ADHD thought that very well may be a good plot for some type of horror film where you're sitting at home and just every day they send you another case of Bud Light and they pile up around you. Because again, what are you going to do with all these cases of Bud Light? And there's just more and more and more cases of Bud Light all around you. And before you know it, you're surrounded by Bud Light. I mean, that sounds like a good horror movie. Let me know in the comments if someone wants to do a collab around that. That'd be an interesting tale for another time, perhaps. And, again, we'll see if, you know, they actually do anything to fix things. But, again, they they need to hire someone, hire anyone to take over the social media because the current team, they're not interacting with the fans, what remaining fans there are, and they're just not making compelling material. Let me know if you think differently. I'd be fascinated to hear what you have to say. Other interesting cultural news, you have Wayfair CEO telling the employees they need to work harder and is roasted by lazy people on the internet. Now, this comes to us thanks to Reva Gold, who is a editor at LinkedIn News, and the Wayfair CEO is telling the staff to, quote, work more. So this comes to us, again, this quote from, from the article head from Reva Gold, saying, quote, time to work harder and blend your job into your personal life? That's the end of your message from Wayfair's CEO and co-founder, Nirja Shaw, shared with the online furniture giant's roughly 15,000 employees after the company returned to profitability. Quote, working long hours, being responsive, and blending work and life is nothing to shy away from. There is not a lot of history of laziness being rewarded with success. Unquote, he said in a note with the Business Insider. sorry, also encouraged staff to think of company funds being spent as their own. Only in 2023 in the United States can Americans be so offended by such a simple obvious message and again so many i i think it is, shall must be again i think everyone should work retail at least one summer or a couple months in their life to build character and you learn a lot of lessons actually just be told being cashier at cinemark all those lifetimes ago you learn a lot there's a lot of things i've learned you built a lot of character and your th- skin gets a little thicker and a lot of people could really use a lesson on how to actually treat others the way how to be treated Ugh. The time in the United States is unprecedentedly, disappointingly high, and again, they're telling people to work harder. Yes, it, it, perhaps I always tell people, always, I always lambast me. I always tell people I'm 58 years old mentally or some of that effect. But so many people want to be paid so much for doing so little. There's an article saying how millennials expect to be making you know half a million dollars in a couple of years of being in the workforce. That's so unrealistic especially considering they vote for people who will increase their tax rates so they'll never actually achieve that in many cases. But nevertheless, everyone is saying, oh yeah, he's so, he's so bad for saying this. Well, they just got through profitability and this is one of the most precarious, uncertain times for businesses. It, pretty much every four years, businesses, they're worried, they have no idea what the new presidential administration is gonna do. Is it gonna destroy the industry where they're in? Is it going to deregulate and actually decrease some of the regulations and actually gives them some incentives to grow their business? Actually, grow the category in which they are part of the industry that they're part of. There's so many unknown variables. A lot of businesses start to decrease their spend because of that. And consumers, much the same, a lot of them actually decrease their spend as well. We talked, if you're watching the whole show, remember the first segment we talked about EV startups be running out of capital and the daffodil of EV slowing down. I think partially because they're a luxury item no one actually needs. And if you're tight for cash, that's not a great long-term investment. Cause again, the battery will go bad and that's a major expensive component of the vehicle for now might have some magical technology tomorrow. That proves my whole theories out the window, perhaps, but he also continues to say, oh, let's see. Okay. you have an economics professor, Nicholas Blooms, which nothing more useless than, well, nothing more useless than many professors, especially business professors. who have never started a business. How useless is that? I was privileged in the fact that when I took some business courses, I actually, my marketing, marketing professor started multiple businesses and actually had real use case and real world examples to actually share with the class. So that was a good opportunity at Iowa. But again, so many professors that actually don't do anything, I can't help but notice, well, if you're, wait a minute, why don't you do that? If, you're, if all your ideas are so correct, why don't you go out there and prove them? And yeah, they can't and they won't. So. Professor Nicholas Bloom says, quote, if Wayfair wants to run a business where people work 80 hours a week, he's going to have to put up their salaries by 50% to pay for them, unquote. No. I think actually one of the best ways to incentivize them if you're actually let me pull up the data really quick and double check. Yeah, I think one of the best ways you could incentivize them if you are a publicly traded company, give them stock bonuses. A lot of tech companies do this especially giving them an extra incentive to work like hell and actually hustle. A wise man once said, you never change the world working 40 hours a week. And granted, I understand not everyone wants to live that life. Some people just want to clock in, put in the minimum amount of effort, but you're going to get paid the minimum amount appropriately. Now Wayfair stock, <laughs> excuse me, in terms of year to date, is really good. Again, investing is, hindsight is always 20-20 with investing, but... Looking at Wayfair's long-term stocks, let's go. Five-year trend, they're down negative 28.86%. Now, they're currently trading about $64.55 per share. Now, year to date, they're down, or actually up 100%. They started the year about, what was it, 32 bucks per share. Year to date, they're up 97%. In the past six months, they are up 3%. In the past one month, they're up 22.12%. Past five days, they're down not a lot, but negative 2.38%. So, in the past year, they've been doing phenomenally increasing their stock. I mean, that is really darn good. Now, granted, they've also had layoffs throughout the years. They did, they what was it? They posted a loss, I believe, in, $355 million loss in, what was this, May? So, they've had some issues. And interestingly enough, I Think. I'm probably alone in this assessment thinking people actually do need to work like hell. Because again, when businesses when you have so much uncertainty, that's where you need to work even harder to ensure you maintain that profitability. In this case, they just got back to the profitability. They need to just not just maintain that profitability, they need to increase it. Especially when you're in something like the manufacturing industry, where one of the biggest issues is the cost of goods sold, the labor, the transportation, the logistics we've seen, global economic things that if you're a business shipping something from halfway across the globe there are some things that are more difficult to control such as trade routes and bar. like there are a lot of variables that go into making these things work and again men, not many people not all people but many people want a low price point for furniture now granted you know me i like to just make my own furniture so this will last what 200 years plus i mean it's already lasted about the, well you can debate if this lasts 100 years the actual base wood for this table comes from a 150-year-old antique barred wood, at the siding of the barn, that little barn wood. And then we put some epoxy on it, and it's 100% made in the USA by Cuban. Me, that's a joke. But, nevertheless, let's go in the comments. Me, I suspect I'm the only one with this viewpoint, but let's dive and find out. Again, this is the comments coming from LinkedIn. One of the most popular comments thus far comes from Tammy Tibbles. And she says, quote, Knowing what I know about Nirja, I don't think his statement was intended in a manner that was received. However, it has been received this way, and Wayfair will be worse for it. Employees will re- resent his statements, and their behavior will change to reflect their resentment. But mostly, I suspect customers in the stock market will actively punish Wayfair for his poorly conceived and poorly delivered message. My advice to Neerja is to apologize and perform a full mea culpa. 14 people like that. That's one of the most popular responses thus far on LinkedIn, which is, you know, social media for business. I personally like it. 14 people. Tell your employees to work hard is now considered mean. It's not considered a social faux pas. Heaven forbid people work more than 40 hours a week and wanna make a dent in the universe. That isn't, wow. Let's keep scrolling down. Let's see. all right come on let's see our top responses this is one of the most let's see here oh microsoft i was gonna say people always blame the network when it comes to a slow website or something like that now thankfully i have my own net well i test my network frequently at the home office but i just i don't know Microsoft maybe needs to buy more servers. Microsoft owns LinkedIn, one of the most largest tech companies on the planet. Let's see here. What other top comments we got here? Uh, let's see. Pay employees. Reward them. I've heard a negotiation waiver. Emily Warden, let's see here. Ooh, she is really upset. So she said, quote, I've heard, again, this is a comment from Emily Warden. She says, quote, I've heard negative things about working at Wayfair and the CEO just confirmed it. Wayfair CEO Nargis sent an email back sent a backwards email to his employees lambasting laziness saying, quote, working long hours, being responsive, blending work and life is not anything to shy away from. This is not a lot of history of laziness being rewarded with success. Hard work is a special ingredient recipe for any success. And she says, quote, I'm sorry, is this email from the 1950s? This statement is a massive step backwards and a shameful attempt to exploit workers and save money on, quote, natural attrition. Ridiculous. Laziness is big. Sloth and laziness seem to be rewarded in the United States more and more. And again, I don't see anything offensive about that email. He's been quite transparent. Saying, hey, our company was not very profitable. We just got it profitable. We need to work like hell. Let me see here. And 259 people, 203 people liked her statement. Only one person laughed at it. You may or may not be. You no know, you may or may not know that one know that one person. Jeez Louise. Eighty-seven people responded to her. Let me see here. Oh, geez Louise, another, ooh, that'd be fascinating to see. Thus far, these are all the comments. Oh, again, this is anecdotal. We're looking at this in real time. Let's see. I wonder what the breakdown is between who is saying this. I'm suspecting not not, not a lot of people in sales. One of the top comments comes from Malene Erickson saying, quote, I hope this was a wake up call for every employee to go out as fast as they can. This is, this was the working world when I started a hundred years ago. She's not 100 years old. Well, she looks 100 years old. I. She continues to say, I'm delighted to see that we are finally reaching a tipping point and I applaud the newer workers who are coming in and questioning the ways things were indoctrinated to believe and are unchangeable. Work work and life blurred? No, work is work. Your life is bigger. I will always advocate, advocate doing a honest day's work for what you're paid, but no longer subscribe to the notion that 60 to 70 to 80 hours a week is needed, much less required. If it is, get out. That's funny. Go to her profile. This gal is. She's a teach a teacher, coach, and general path lighter at Fierce Zen. Also known as a bullshit job. Pardon the French. What was this? Maps your job. They are meant to build someone else's dreams. Encourage you 20 years of teaching zeros to sell their C suite. 10 years. Ricky master intuitive coach okay let's keep going uh, let's see i wonder if we can find any positive comments am i the only one let's see there's another top one jennifer w says quote i was just thinking about making a purchase on Wayfair. the this week i'll skip it Wayfair just returned to profitability are they sharing those profits with employees who who are asking they who they are asking to give up personal and family life going forward? Not likely. When I hear of profit sharing, I'll return as a customer. Jennifer She, her on LinkedIn. Again, and I'm scrolling through all these. The top comments thus far are all female. Again, I'm not sure that's confirm. Well, the far it's not confirmation bias, because I'm just literally taking the top ones. Let's see, Jennifer W. She's like a Jennifer W. Her banner is "Stand for Justice" on a business website, and she has 141 71 followers. And she is a customer relations specialist. Okay, let's see here, scrolling down more and more. This one's a let's see. Katie Sorrento got 300 responses. She says, "quote I just I don't know what to do with this information. Wayfair reported increased revenue in Q3." And year over year increase, yet yeah, the CEO will be pushing for quote working long hours, being responsive, and blending a work life. What the actual hell? Mr. Shaw has reported net worth of three hundred and thirty-two million, yet he wants his workers to work harder and harder. Again, I don't know how morally mentally vacuous this gal is. Net worth also means stock. Again, that's not cash value. But nevertheless, she continues saying, quote, this is giving two thousand eight vibes when companies exploited workers because the job market was tough. I started my career in that environment, and it led to a workplace workplace trauma and burnout. I was so hopeful that the last couple of years would turn something around, but big corporations are still prioritizing their bonuses over the well-being of their team. Just gross, unquote. Ridiculous. And yet, 341 people reacted to her. Let me pull up the re- breakdown. 266 gave her a thumbs up. 35 people thought it was insightful. Only 26 people laughed at her. Let's see, let's go to the comments to her comment. Jeez, are all these again, it's another top comment from Leslie Schaff. I I apologize. I was about to wait. I thought this is an individual, but the pronouns that she proclaims are she and they. And this individual I was about to say this individual. This Leslie I'm not trying to be overtly offensive. Leslie says, quote, I haven't bought much from Wayfair, so not buying anything more from Wayfair is fairly easy for me. Burnout doesn't help anyone, and since companies won't be around to care for employees like they're did, like the, like they like they in their 70s, and feeling the health effects from working themselves over harshly when they're in their 20s and 50s, success necessarily included care of the future, so that when you're able to live in your joy, you're done with companies, will so have no further use for you. It's, it's just hilarious everyone keeps blaming the companies, yet no one notes how much your paycheck is actually taxed before it gets to you. It's a big issue, and the bigger the company is, the bigger the burden It is just... Look up how many taxes are taken out of your paycheck before you actually get it. Now, businesses have to pay taxes just to exist in many places and operate. I mean, let's see. Go to Leslie Profile. She works at Zoom, not surprised, and she's a technical writer. All right. All right. Let me see here. Let's see. I'm trying to find any additional comments. Let's see. Other top comments here. Uh, let's see. Fine we'll get one more popular one. Interesting. No, this is okay. There's gotta be one guy who actually wrote something. Okay, here's someone. Stuart Wilson. He says, quote, pay and play as well, reward them for going above and beyond, and perhaps most importantly, motivate and unify them with a common goal. Then people work hard because they want to, not because they have to. P.S. If your team members work on their vacation, remember that. Encourage a weekday afternoon off now and then. I got 42 reactions. And it's the first major response from a guy, interestingly enough. Let's see here. Of the 42 reactions, you got 37 pluses or thumbs up, four hearts, and one claps. Only three people responded to him, though, interestingly enough. Let's see here. do one more. See. Oh, wow, another really popular one. Tara Craig says, quote, I was very, very fortunate early in my career to work for a company that taught all of us to work smart, prioritize and manage our time. So we got everything done in 35 hours. We crushed it. My coworkers and I all work together and we created, edited, and facilitated our programming constantly. Upon leaving, like my coworkers, we will continue to get stuff done in 35 to 37 hours. The CEO of Wayfair saying people should work hard is insulting. The work should be allocated so they can be completed and still enabled. You'd have a great life outside of work. I've run my teams in the same mindset. If the work cannot be done, it means that, one, someone else, someone hasn't been adequately trained to do so. The work isn't being assigned properly. My brother says there's 24 hours a day eight for work, eight for sleep, eight for everything else. You'll never get me to believe people should take more time from their families. Well, why not? Unquote. Why not take time away from your sleep? There's plenty of time to sleep with your dead, obviously. Now that got 312 reactions. Let's go up to the reactions. 243 people gave her a thumbs up. 34 people gave the clapping symbol. 22 people Gave the heart symbol. Seven people gave the lightning bulb insightful symbol, and seven people gave the hand heart caring emoji thingamajig So most, let's see here. Only in America we. Used to, and it's one of those things where you're never getting sympathy from me from any of these articles in terms of I my whole catch rate is, is 105 hours a week can't be beat, and I mean that because literally that's usually about how many hours I put in a week. Granted, I have a different motivation since I own the companies, but it's an instance where, again, do you want to change the world? Or do you want to just clock in and clock out? I mean, what are your goals for like? And again, I'm not saying, well, I guess I'm biased. I think my goals are different, or I think I would argue they're better. But it's one of those things where not everyone wants these certain things. But you don't deserve a bonus if you just put in you know 30 hours a week, unless you're getting some phenomenal results. But it's fascinating to see kind of the breakdown of everyone who's complaining about this feedback. And again, I look at all these titles, none of them are in sales, which I guess perhaps that's probably one of the most conservative roles out there, especially when you see a paycheck and you go, oh, dear God, they're stealing how much? Half my, well, what, all my boat? No, never mind. Another topic for another time. But it's fascinating to see the feedback from this. And again, he is just getting, the CEO is just getting roasted for telling the team that they're going to have to work hard. It's They're going to have to make some sacrifices. And that's true. Look at every successful company in history and Again, most of those companies, it's not, you know, you're not doing 100, you're not going, you know, 100 hours every single week unless you're an entrepreneur or a startup. It's all those instances where it's an investment. You're investing in your career, your personal brand. I mean, when I used to work in corporate America, I got promoted because when I was in inside sales, I got promoted to field sales in technology field because I was there an hour before everyone else and I was there for an hour after everyone else. I worked two hours a day outside of the office. I didn't get paid for those hours. I was an hourly employee, and yet I did it because it's worth building my brand and building my career, and I was eventually rewarded, and that's one of the reasons I was promoted from inside sales to field sales, which is one of the most difficult promotions in the sales industry or sales category of going from, again, your inside sales to actual field sales. We're going and meeting customers and you're meeting your team, everyone face-to-face. So as well as just says, and let me know in the comments if you think I'm, maybe I'm, Oh, I'm right. But as long as it says, maybe you think I'm wrong in my assessment. Again, it's it's also an opinion thing. But again, I'm not too surprised given it's 2023 in the United States and such an unprecedented amount of entitlement in the United States. I'm not too surprised the CEO is getting roasted for telling the people that, hey, there's probably going to be some tough times ahead in 2024. We're going to have to make some sacrifices. If we really want to stay in the business, keep this company going in the right direction. So, Let me know in the comments. Do you think this will really cause a shift in consumer spending? On average, if you look at who controls the household income or the household spend, women do, again, we're talking about average families in the United States, women do control a lot. Women are the ones who are going out there and buying all these things, all the furniture and all the stuff, whereas men usually just, you know, make their own stuff. So that is a part of their target market. And we're seeing some of the comments where these gals are saying, I'm going to shift my spending because of what the CEO is saying. So, do you think this could have a detrimental effect on their stock, on their sales, and the trajectory of the company, and do you think employees will quit because of this? As usual, I'll be fascinated to hear what you have to say. Now, going over to the political part of the podcast, you have Vivek to stop TV ads, but goes viral on X. Now, this comes to us a couple of days ago on the Twitter, or it's more and more people calling it X, and got... million views and 22,000 likes, which is another friendly reminder to like this video because it will help with the YouTube algorithm and maybe the rumble algorithm. I'm not sure how that one works yet. Nevertheless, Vivek, (coughs) excuse me, says quote, presidential TV ad spending is idiotic, low ROI, and a tick trick that political consultants use to bamboozle candidates who suffer from low IQ. We're doing it differently, spending money in a way that follows data Apparently a crazy idea in U.S. politics. Big surprise coming on January 15th. American flag, unquote. Or American flag emoji, specifically. And he is responding to someone by the name of Election Wizard. And I would say that again, plus for marketing, because the profile picture of Election Wizard is in fact a wizard. And this person says, quote, NBC News, Vivek Ramaswamy's campaign will stop all TV ad spending less than a month before the Iowa and New Hampshire. Unquote. So it's an interesting move on the political chessboard because, again, with certain social media platforms, is much more effective and much easier to target. I don't know. I'm going to say target, target demographics. It sounds grammatically incorrect. I'm sure it is. But it's much easier to build a customer profile set. It's a little bit easier to kind of put together a game plan in that regard. Where TV, yes, you know a little bit of that data. It's kind of the average, the average viewership for certain programs is different. But... Also, I, want, I really wonder how compelling TV ads are in general. I always scrutinize the automobile industry because, I mean, you'll have a sports balls commercial or sports balls event and you'll have a commercial for the new truck or whatever. And I mean, how many people are honestly influenced to go out and buy a truck because they saw it on the TV? Like, when you're looking to buy a vehicle, it's such a huge expense these days, thanks to a myriad of things, including labor unions, as well as government regulations. But, He's one of the biggest purchases you'll ever make in your life. Are you influenced because you saw a picture of one on the TV? Because it does something that the little disclaimer in the, in the bottom actually says you're not actually supposed to do, hilariously enough, or do not attempt. But I was always skeptical about the effectiveness of TV ads. Now, in terms of the comments and the feedback, one of the co- comments comes from James Lynette saying, quote, Bucking the status quo and thinking outside the box, that's what made Vivek a successful businessman. And what will win him this election, unquote. I got 115 likes. Let's see here. Robert J. Salvador says, quote, Is a big surprise your endorsement of Trump? None of us, no, none of us are surprised. We're just wondering what he gives the, when he gives instructions to you, unquote. I got 178 likes. So, again, a little bit more contrarian statements brewing to the surface. Marjorie Taylor Greene Press release parody account says, quote, X is a way better return on investment, quote, getting 297 likes. 24, 2024, War Room says, quote, who needs ads when you are doing eight campaign stops a day in Iowa? What the hell actually looks, oh, WTF, oh no, I guess who the hell actually looks at a TV ad and goes, damn, I was really against this person, but now I'm all in, unquote. I got 162 likes. Purcell's Mary Ambassi says, quote, Vivek, you know how to curry favor with Republican voters, unquote, getting 380 likes. Mary Taylor Bowden, MD, says, quote, Agree, what do you think of mailers? Do, does anyone actually read them, unquote, getting 33 likes? Which, no, I mean, <laughs> it's hard to say with mailers. It's one of those things where part of marketing is you know being different, and part of the reason I always send a handwritten card whenever I have a meeting with a client or they purchase or they do a project with us, I partially do it because no one gets snail mail all the day, and even less people get handwritten cards. Now, with print for presidential candidates, if it was done creatively and you had some bullet points where it says their actual stance on you know, X, Y, Z topics, perhaps it could be compelling... But overall, based on the low-quality materials that they use for mass marketing, of a lot of the paper media that they put out in terms of the stuff you get in your mailbox, I can't but suspect it would probably be the, just the thinness of, like, a grocery flyer. There, are, It's a the whole science of marketing, which I find fascinating, but I suspect overall it would not be compelling for most presidential candidates. Though, if you disagree, it would be fascinating here if you actually have a use case of, you know, something you got in the mail or kind of changed your opinion on a candidate. Going back to the comment section, Republicans against Trump... Simply said, quote, go away. I'm getting 104 likes. Yoon Bad Ombre says, quote, the Twitter X space with the accidental sound effects was worth $5 million in ads. I'm getting 58 likes. <coughs> Excuse me. A witty fellow says, quote, I'm going to be super disappointed if there isn't a hot air balloon traversing the country with Vivek 2024 plastered all over it. Unquote. gained 49 likes. Which... Again, that'd be kind of hilarious and different. It actually wouldn't be a terrible idea for an advertisement for a campaign. I mean, again, someone much wiser than me, actually, you know, they thought of the whole inception of differentiate or die. Because, again, there's so much competition with every, pretty much darn near every product we could, consumers have these days. There's so much competition. You've got to be different. you know, stand out from the crowd. Let's see here. We'll do a couple more. Bruce Fendon said, quote, Expert consultants who depend on making 10 to 18% commissions on ad buys all agree with that candidates should spend more money on ads. Unquote. You got 82 likes. Let's see here, do one, two more. Tom Pappert said, quote, maybe be a cope, but it makes sense. Vivek isn't trying to reach the people who watch TV. He's trying to meet, watch the people who watch Joe Rogan. Unquote. Getting 57 likes. But actually, that might be a, biz or a marketing fail. I'm not sure if he's been on Joe Rogan yet. Granted, it's not 100% guarantee if you ask, you're going to go get on the show. That's kind of a mystery in and of itself, how he picks uh, candidates. Let's see here. Paul Spuza says, quote, Presidential TV as spending is idiotic, especially for every candidate, since they have no chance against Trump. I like a lot of Vivek has said, but Trump is the nominee. Imagine if all the money, campaign money Vivek and other candidates spent on ads instead went to help vets, unquote. I got 83 likes, which... And it's kind of a cliched argument, like imagine instead this, using this money for one thing uses something else, but I mean, they're all spending the money for one reason or another. A lot of people are suspecting that Chris Christie is going, he's spending a lot of money on his campaign so he can presumably get a candidate position in the Democratic Party. Others think that they could become president, statistically they won't. Though that does bring up a good point. Let's pull up the poll aggregator and see where the average is at this, right now. So, again, this is a poll aggregator, and it's an aggregator of all polls coming from projects.538.com, specifically for the presidential primary. You got Trump coming in at 61.2%. DeSantis down to 11.7%. Nikki Haley coming back up a little bit. She's at 11%. And Vivek is actually down to 3.5%. Chris Christie is a ballooned, pun moderately intended. Chris Christie's at 3.4%. Hudson is about the same, (coughs) excuse me, at 0.6%. So again the poll aggregator comes in at Trump 61.2%, DeSantis 11.7%, Nick Haley at 11%, Vivek at 3.5%, Chris Christie at 3.4% and Hutchinson at 0.6%. So interestingly enough, again Vivek I feel like, again he's saying a lot of really compelling things on the campaign trail He's making a lot of unique decisions, using a lot of unique me- media. He's really utilizing social media brilliantly. More effect at least and speaking, he's getting a lot more views, a lot more responses, a lot more interaction on social media. Granted, I know that it doesn't it's not one-to-one direct correlation between that and polling actual votes, but it is fascinating. It's interesting to see the polls for him. Again, there's also the nuance of the polls, the sample sizes aren't the best. But again, we're working with the data that we hear of right now, he's just not going in the right direction. I think he peaked around eleven percent a couple months ago. So again, it'll be interesting to see as he starts to divert his resources. He is, I believe, the only candidate who actually pays for Twitter or sorry um X premium. If you look at other candidates, they're all you a couple of them pay for the business account, but he's the one for his organization or his campaign looks like it has a full blown business account, which is like a ten thousand dollar account is pretty darn it's a pretty penny, as I might say. Well, a pretty vintage penny, since modern pennies are 99.99% zinc, which is garbage. But nevertheless, it'll be interesting to see if he starts to move that investments where he's previously using it for TV ads, where else he's going to put it, and could it be a more effective way of using his campaign dollars to move up the polls? Let me know if you think this will be a good move for him in the right direction, or perhaps it could be detrimental. Fascinating to hear what you have to say. Other interesting political news, you have Pizza Hut to lay off thousands in California due to a minimum wage law going from $4 an hour to $20 per hour. You, uh, you get what you vote for. Now, this comes to us thanks to, what was this, ABC7. They note that Pizza Hut will lay off thousands in California delivery drivers in 2024. Operators are blaming the new state law that raises the minimum wage up to $20 hours an hour starting in April of 2024. Now, the lay, they know that the layoffs will affect 1,200 workers of restaurants in Orange, Los Angeles, Riverside, San Bernardino, and Ventura counties. They will also impact more than 800 workers at Pizza Hut locations in Sacramento, Central California, Southern Oregon, and the Reno-Tahoe area, according to reports. Operators are blaming the new state law. Again, it increases that. That law is known as, again... I almost wonder if they're just inept at marketing just to be bland so they can sneak these things on the political ballot, or if they really are this uncreative in politics. So this poll which should been, or this um this law which should have been the job killer law three if you're as accurately, you know, as if the name was as accurate as the it effects it's gonna have the economy there, they call it <coughs> excuse me, Assembly Bill one two two eight, which was introduced by assemblyman Chris Holden, Democrat from Pasadena, and signed into law by Governor Gavin Newsom. Interesting. So again, because these, these jobs are going away, the average profit margin of these um, these food places is not great. It is better than grocery stores. Grocery stores are about a two percent profit margin, but it's not it's not enough to actually absorb this huge increase in cost. Now they know that because of the layoffs, consumers will end up having to use third party apps, such a DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber Eats for food deliveries. And they see seven Los Angeles reached out to Yum Brands, which owns Pizza Hut as well as other fast food companies, and they have not received a comment. So, it would be interesting to see, I mean, you get what you vote for, and I wonder if people will ever start to vote differently. Like, I'm pretty pessimistic at this point. You look at places like the city of Chicago, and they've had the same leadership for nearly a hundred years, and yet they have not changed their methodology. They quite literally just vote for the same thing again and again and again, and businesses are leaving in droves, just like this area of California. I mean, a wise man once said, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I actually don't think I'm pretty pessimistic. I don't even think they have good intentions, because again, this is just destroying the job markets there. These businesses can't sustain that. And as we talked about the increase in minimum wage before on the show, there's those instances where you could also argue it's morally vacuous that the government is saying if that gentleman over there, if he doesn't ha- have the skill set to reach twenty dollars per hour and produce twenty five, thirty, forty dollars an hour in value to the company, we're gonna take away his ability to work. It sounds pretty immoral to me, as well as being an abomination against the free market so again a lot of businesses are moving out of california famously san francisco the only business to move there in the past 40 months i could find was ikea and the joke is because people there are too lazy to steal it they would actually be too lazy to assemble it so why bother stealing it but all these companies are leaving california and if they're not headquartered they're they're, their individual stores leaving there you saw cinemark leave san francisco one of the largest movie theaters in the world now they're famously headquartered in plano texas they also have nordstrom they left that area in San Francisco as well. All these, a lot of these retailers are leaving in droves because not only is law is hurting them in terms of the books, but the crime is out of control. And again, politics. They voted to de- to change the theft of up to nine hundred fifty dollars from a felony to a misdemeanor. And the way the public justice system is up is a plea system, so they plead down. So again, from starting from a felony, which traditionally they would plead down to a misdemeanor, now they're starting a misdemeanor and pleading down even more, even less. Or in many cases because, again, these are evil district attorneys, they just choose not to prosecute them, put them back on the streets. So, again, it's one of those things where business owners may not be interested in politics, but politics is very much interested in you, and this is a great use case. A lot of these operators, they call them operators, they're franchise owners. So, perhaps the most famous one in history being McDonald's. McDonald's doesn't own a lot of the stores, they're actually owned by mom and pops. They're owned by separate businesses. Some people that want to pull their savings together, maybe they'll open two or three McDonald's, so they'll start a franchise company. And again, they cannot absorb these absorb these costs; it's just astronomical. Like again, I'm not a doctor, but if you click subscribe, it may help with my speaking aptitudes. It's not a hundred percent guarantee. Very few things are, but it may help with my stuttering. If you click the subscribe button, it may probably, perhaps, it can't hurt to try. That's all I'm saying. And it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the biggest issue is California is one of the largest markets on the planet. That's why the automotive community is heavily influenced by California. They're the tenth largest automotive company on the planet. It's that big. So a lot of people are saying, "Well, why won't these businesses all leave?" There's so many people still living there somehow. The businesses are going to try to work like hell to stay in operation there. Now, the really question is, how can they stay in there? How can they stay there safely? And how can they make stay there and actually make a profit? Now they're saying here they're just going to destroy the jobs. So I let me know in the comments. Do you think? Are they going to try to repeal this law somehow? Are they going to try to dramatically ramp up automation? I mean, there's so many, there's only so many levers you can pull. And in some cases, again, they want to be in business there because it's a huge opportunity. But in some cases, they're going to leave. So it'll be interesting to see what's the long-term result of this. Unfortunately, it's going to be detrimental. A lot of opportunities are going to be taken away from people who want to start their career. I mean, a lot of the, part of the American dream, I always argue, is climbing that corporate ladder getting that entry-level role, working 105 hours a week, grinding it out, getting that promotion because you're going above and beyond everyone else. So it'll be interesting to see you know, what's the long-term effects, but I mean, as I always say, time shall tell. Now going over to the business blunder of the week, you have the Chevy Blaze EV sales are paused due to a little bit of a software issue. Now Chevy Blaze used to be Pretty popular vehicle back in the day. Well, you can say that about many intellectual properties or many, you know, properties of General Motors. Now, this comes to us thanks to CNN Business. They noted that GM has paused the sale of their brand new Chevy EV Blazer after some consumers reported software problems. So the VP of Global Chevrolet, Scott Bell, said, quote, we are aware that a limited number of consumers have experienced software-related quality issues with the Chevy Blazer EV, unquote. Quote, customer satisfaction is our... Is our priority and as much we'll take pause on new deliveries unquote (laughs) customer satisfaction is their priority which is why they killed the chevy camaro which they were selling at a 2x compared to last fiscal year and as beloved made in the usa actually for the last generation of the camaro and yet they decided to kill that to make a they're going to make an ev two-door suv yeah no one who wanted a camaro wanted that but they claim they care about customer satisfaction now they say they're gonna work quickly to resolve the issue and the sales will resume after the software update. Blaze at least even more hilariously inept. Blaze EV owners are being asked to bring their cars to the dealership for the update. Epic fail to say the least. That is perhaps half the business blunder here. Again, one of the better things about Tesla, if you like an all EV vehicle, which I mean I'm not a fan, they only have two pedals, which is boring as all hell. But nevertheless, if you appreciate what they offer. Well, the upside of that is that Tesla just inserted an issue, as we talked about earlier this week, an issue where the doors didn't lock properly in case of a crash. Well, all they had to do was update it over the internet. The consumer didn't even know. I think they'll get a physical letter in the mail. But the update was done wirelessly, remotely, over them internets. General Motors, if you have an an issue, they have to drive to the dealership. That's terrible. That's uh, let me know in the comments. Maybe I'm making too big of a deal out of this, but they're trying to become Tesla. That is what Mary Barra wants. And that's why I keep having these comparisons between General Motors and Tesla. That's who they identify as their main rival, and that's who they want to be. Will they ever beat Tesla? I don't think so. It's a different culture, different technology, different people. And they also have the union and the dealerships, which are not adding value to the consumer. Quite the antithesis, they're decreasing the quality, increasing the cost, which is another issue in and of itself. Now, GM actually told CNN that the software quality issues are not related to safety and also not related to the ultimate propulsion system or Google build on. They noted that the EV Chevy Blaze just launched a couple weeks ago as a mass market SUV with an integral part of GM's electric lineup. GM said that it expects the Blazer to temporarily become ineligible for, U- for the U.S. electric tax credit starting January 1st. <laughs> That is a nail in the coffin, my friends. That One of the biggest reasons many people are starting to adopt EVs, and again, that rate is decreasing, mind you, it's that huge tax credit. I believe it's 7000 7, or $7,500. That's huge. So without that tax credit, you're paying even more for this product. Now, they said that the U.S. Treasury Department imposed new rules that earlier this month to disqualify EVs using certain battery components from China. GM says his plans to change his sourcing to comply with the guidelines. Yeah, we'll see about that. Let's see here. Shares GM, GM says, yeah, and uh, they re- reiterated it. Again, I'm not Docker, but if you click subscribe. It may help with my speaking aptitudes. Probably, perhaps. Nevertheless, GM, again, the article, they reiterate that GM must be fully V by 2035. Now, I believe Mary Barra still wants Cadillac specifically to be full EV by 2030. A little bit more of an accelerated rate, which is a shame because one of the best vehicles I've driven lately. One of my buddies actually got the CT4 V Blackwing. Twin turbo V6, huge brakes, and a nice stick shift as every vehicle should have. By default, it's a track car. It is amazing. And yet, GM and their Infinite Wisdom, obviously, being ironic, they're going to kill that vehicle. Sad. Ridiculous. So again, to have a a recall of your issue of your new vehicle that is supposed to be the pinnacle of your engineering. This is what you're saying. This is going to be the future of GM. Do you have a recall right off the bat? That's pretty bad. And they have a the recall, we actually have to come back to the dealership for an EV. That's that has got to be the business bugger of the day. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Again, we're trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of December, so if you click that button, I greatly appreciate it. Also, leaving a like also helps the video with the algorithm, and the feedback with the comments is greatly appreciated. Let's me know. How I can make the show better and better. Also, lastly, don't forget to take the time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, Heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone. Just stay safe, fight the good fight.